It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Here we are. It is Car Con Carne still being held in quarantine, still being held in captivity. I'm James Van Osel. And through the magic of technology, through the magic of Zoom, which is our new world, which is our new reality, I'm joined across the country by Ryan Immigard from the band The Line. Uh, Ryan is also the global head of marketing for Volcom. And that's the most interesting thing we'll learn up until this point. The global head of marketing for Volcom understands the value of podcasting, which makes me feel great. How are you, Ryan? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, yeah, I love podcasts, so happy to be here. Did you do just a, over the past year since you, you weren't going out and playing shows, you spent a lot of time just listening to stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the the amount of time I spent in front of a screen in, increased dramatically, but, you know, I found moments of not doing you know, emails and PowerPoints and things and trying to just enjoy the vast array of, of entertainment that's out there. And it's, uh, and it's awesome, you know from podcasts to music to everything in between is like nothing but nothing but good stuff out there if you if you seek it out a lot of exactly so the line started in the 90s soldiered on through the early 2000s and then the line just went away did life get in the way there what what happened there yeah you know um yeah we we formed in high school like you know back in in the early 90s and had a uh was it was actually the first snowboarder for Volcom. So Volcom was founded in 91 and I had met the founders prior to them starting Volcom actually worked at, at a brand called Quicksilver, the main owner. And so he had sponsored me to, to snowboard for Quicksilver. And, and I grew up in, in Big Bear Lake, which is a, a small mountain town and, and, you know, outside of LA a couple hours. And so snowboarding was just starting and there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of excitement around it. And, a lot of people were coming up and experiencing it. So I was able to, you know, I was just into it and ended up kind of being at the right time and meeting the, you know, right place, right time kind of a thing. And um, anyway, was, was on this path of I'm going to be a pro snowboarder and this is, you know, this is my passion. And then as, you know, life happens and you, you know, I ended up getting injured a few times and simultaneously was, was becoming really into just playing guitar and, and that whole, like the feeling I got snowboarding was very similar to the feeling I got for playing music with my friends. Like it just made me feel alive. And, and so, uh, yeah, I think the, the point of putting the music, like I basically had uh, some photo incentive that, that the, the Volcom owed me for this, you know, some snowboarding photos I had I had published and uh next thing you know I was like hey let's just take this money and put it into making a record for my band and you know he was the at the time they were like yeah like that sounds great let's do it and you know so we and we were completely naive and green and we just started we were really into like you know early um back in our time what our, my generation but like you know the bands like Bad Religion and No Effects and that kind of that punk movement was very inspirational to us. And so we were just like, well, where did these bands record? And we're like, Oh, West beach, Hollywood. Okay. Let's find a number there. And we were just cold calling. And eventually we, we linked up with Steve Kravak, uh, who's a, who's a great producer and did like, you know, some early blink record and a few other like really iconic um, punk rock things that we were, we were stoked on. And 
anyway, got in way over our head. Like <laughs> we were going in to, you know, make a demo. I was like, yeah, we just did this demo. It was, you know, took us a, an afternoon. And uh, anyway, a week into making an actual record at a real studio, we started really um, realizing like, okay, this is, this is a lot different than, than what, you know, we did at our buddy's little studio, <laughs> but, um, but, but it was great. We got through it and we started the label with that. And I mean, I guess the, 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 the truncated version of the story is like, you know, from, from that moment, we put the first record out in 95. We then put another record out in, in 97 and kind of between those two points, I had a baby. And I, so I had a child when I was 20, being a child, having a child. Yeah. And, um, and that was obviously a huge, you know, moment in my life changed a lot of things, but we were still very, we're going to, you know, we're going to keep doing this because we could, um, and we had the support of, of Volcom and eventually we, um, we put out a third record in like 99 and then in 2000, basically like early 2000s, I started signing bands and I signed this band called CKY, which was obviously um, been successful, done a lot of things. And that got interest from some major labels and, and yeah. MCA at the time before they, they went under were, were looking to do label deals. So we were able to basically did a label deal for Volcom Entertainment, which was the, the imprint under Volcom. And now, when you say label deal, you mean distribute an indie label content through a major or something? Well, it was, it was, no, it was a bit more than that. They were basically saying, Hey, look, we're going to, cause you know, they're just looking for artist development. They don't want to do any of the legwork. The major label was like, Hey, we're going to give you guys X amount of money that you can use to go sign bands. You'll own the first record. And that at any point after that, if we think we want them, we will take them and you will be left with whatever catalog you have. Right. So I was just like, well, that's great. You're going to, you know, sure. Give us money, develop the artist. We can, you know, do real production, use real studios. This is going to be awesome. You know, look down the road, of course, it's a shitty deal because, yeah. <laughs> you know, the indie label ends up getting really doesn't kind of gets the short end of the stick and, and so does the art. So um, the, the nineties are littered with stories like that. Yeah, totally, totally. Up and down. They had like perfected the way I feel to take advantage of the indie label. And then, and then at that point, you know, they went under and the music industry really started changing. But, but after that, we, we, we basically that when MCA went out of business, we then got an offer from, from Warner music through um, a, a, like a group of labels called East West. And, um, and so sort of in there, like we had put our last record out under the MCA mm-hmm. like label deal. And that was 2002. And at that point, life was weighing down on, on myself and the band and everyone else. And you know, I think we we had put out four records. We felt um, we had a lot of great opportunities and, and met a lot of cool people and traveled the world. And absolutely no regrets, no complaints. Um, but you know, I needed to start kind of making this taking this label thing more serious. And and I was you know I felt fortunate to have that opportunity. So I really just we just stopped, you know, we couldn't, we didn't play it anymore. Like we were like, everyone was having kids and you know, this the story you hear. And so we took a, you know, we just decided to kind of take a hiatus. And, and I was, I love, you know, I was living and breathing music. So I didn't, I was still getting that. I was like, I signed that band Pepper who, who has gone on to, to do a lot of great things. And, uh, uh, one of my favorite interviews was with, uh, on this podcast was with Isad of Pepper. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
years Sounds ago. Like Fest, yeah. One of my really good friends signed those guys right around that same time under MCA and um, was, they were a small band from Kona in Hawaii and no one knew about him. And my friend who lived in Hawaii, he worked for Volcom was like, you got to check out this band. They're, you know, they're going to be the next sublime. They're this and that. And I, at the time was like, yeah, yeah, cool. Like, let me check it out. And, and um, yeah, man, lo and behold, but same thing, like brought them over, signed them, put out their, their self produced release, put them into the studio with Steve Kravak as well, who, who did the Kona town, their first and still to this day, their most successful, mm-hmm. um, you know, record commercially. And um, yeah, and it was a really, uh, but at that time, for Kona Town, we'd actually built a studio inside of Volcom. So the, the Volcom headquarters is in Costa Mesa, California. And um, yeah, I mean, talk, talk about your dream gig, really. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I mean, that's yeah, it's, it like, it's like going to Disney every day. I mean, that, that's amazing. It was cool. It was a, it was a good time in, I guess, the, the, the board sports kind of industry or the youth culture industry. Like, you know, there was a lot of uh, brands coming up and a lot of, of growth happening across the whole industry. So, you know, Volcom was in a position to invest in those things and, and, and saw the value in, you know, what musicians and, and music culture could bring to a clothing brand. And uh, I have a lot of, a lot of admiration for them for doing that. Cause that, that really set, you know, that set me on my path even to this day. So it's, it's, it's really cool to uh, look back on that. But, um, but anyway, yeah, after that, we, we, we kept signing bands. We did, you know, we moved to the NCA thing and I just, I got so consumed with work that, you know, playing a band wasn't at the top of my list anymore. So totally get it. Yeah. Had, had to, had to evolve, but life gets in the way. I, I want to apologize. First of all, we're talking to Ryan Immigart. If you're just joining us uh, on Facebook live, Ryan Immigart of the line, I probably gave you the most Chicago pronunciation of your company, Imaginable Volcam. <laughs> yeah, so you're over there, over there at uh, Volcam doing uh, the snowboard thing, getting getting some powder. Volcam, much much more dignified to say it like that. Volcam. Yeah. It's going to haunt me, Ryan. It's going to haunt me. <laughs> well, don't let it haunt you too bad. It happens. <laughs> Thank you, Volcam. Uh, so throughout, I mean, you started this band in high school. Uh, it was you and, and Donald, the other guitarist slash vocalist. How do you mm-hmm. still get along to this day? I mean, it's so weird when I, when I interact with people who I went to high school with, there was that familiarity and congeniality. Cause it's like, we've, we've been through something pretty major together, but people just, people drift apart. I mean, over the decades, it's incredible that not only you still have that relationship, but you can still kind of see eye yeah. to eye musically. I think it's like the whole, like, you know, we were, we are a four piece. I think it's like the one in four, you know, like the other two members of the band, even though, you know, we've got, we went through multiple drummers. I've actually each record we did was with a different drummer, but, um, that's not unusual. That's not, yeah, no, it's not. not. And and there's a funny, there's a funny kind of ending to that, that point, because up until that, as we kept putting out records, like it was almost like the kiss of death. We would make the record, we'd go tour on it. And then something would happen. The drummer try to kill us, fucking fight, fighting, whatever. Like there was, you know, drama. And uh, eventually, like, you know, I could go on, but each story has its own moment of one drummer, you know, literally tried to, like, stab us on the side of the road. The other drummer, we had to have security at the airport physically remove him from our from our vehicle because he wouldn't get off middle of the work tour and escort him to, like, you know, basically, like, wasn't going to get off the, 
off the vehicle. <laughs> it was just a complete, uh, complete nightmare. And then we, you know, we, that was like, we had, we, there was another band that I had signed called Bueno, which was an amazing band. And they had, uh, was a really good friend of ours. And so he was like, oh, I'll, I'll do it. Like, just, you know, give me some time and I'll, I'll do it. And um, we gave him, you know, the night ride from the venue to the next stop on work tour. And we you know, ended up playing. He was a great drummer, so it was, it was all good. But, um, but right after that, we went out with Snapcase and Strung Out and, and Rise Against. And we were just... What a moment. Yeah, we were, we were, yeah it was crazy. And, and now, you know, at this point with Donald, he, I guess out of the original members, he, he's still, you know, best friend from high school, really good buddy. We don't have to stick in the van together all the time so we don't get on each other's nerves and uh, right. I actually have him he actually works at Vulcan for me so um it's a it's a pretty pretty cool pretty cool I, I love the path your life has taken staying on the Vulcan entertainment the the music you were involved with through the years just for a second more I always love Valiant Thor if for no other reason and they're a good band but every dude in the band has the last name of Thor like the Ramones <laughs> yeah, totally. I always thought that was that was very appealing uh, oh, yeah. yeah valiant him, valiant himself the singer as he would he would go by sometimes um yeah all the thoriers the whole thing was like i had signed a band um i had signed a band called asg out of uh wilmington north carolina um and amazing band super good and they were really tapped into that kind of north carolina more like metal and rock scene and they had you know kind of through just their network had introduced us it was cool because a lot of the bands i signed were we're all, you know, friends of an existing band or friends of somebody that had, uh, you know, had a relationship with, and it just seemed to seem to work. So, Santi uh, on the Facebook chat says Oracle is such a solid record. Nice to have uh, the fans coming out tonight. That's very cool. Thank you, Santi, for checking in. I love that. Yeah. Uh, also, you worked with Riverboat Gamblers. Uh, for me, as a longtime Robin Hitchcock fan, that Soft Boys cover of "I Want to Destroy You," the best. <laughs> Hey, of all the bands I've signed, I have a particularly soft spot for Riverboat Gamblers. I mean, they they were like the band that I I heard them and I was just I I was just obsessed. I like wasn't going to take no for an answer. I, I mean, I was it. a stalk. I was a stalker. It's like I, I I got like I'm like is this? I'd be the point where I'd be like, okay, I'm 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 on the line of being obsessive and totally scaring these people away, but I just couldn't like. I couldn't stop. I just, I had the vision and I'm like, I gotta, I have to sign these guys. And it, it, it took a lot. It took a lot of uh, a courting. Yeah. I've <laughs> but, talked to so many bands through the years who've been courted with label deals and, and management situations. I think it is stuff like what you did. That is the most effective because you hear about label people, especially back in the nineties, they need to get that deal done or lose their job. I mean, they're, they're throwing everything out there just to save their own ass, but it's the ones who are genuine, like, I am such a fan. I want to make this happen for you. I want to be part of this. Cause I, that, that cuts through all the other crap. I think that, I think that part of being in a band and putting records out and having that own, like, I guess, you know, drive to be, to make a living, not even be some huge rock star, just to like be able to make a living off of playing yeah. music was something that I think helped me relate to them in some way. Like, for sure. we feel sort of active at the time, but it, it, um, you know, it, it helped. And, and I had, you know, just everything like the, I had, a, a, I still have a really good friend who, um, who did all of our legal for the label. 
and he just so happened to also be the you know the representation uh, or they represent he represented riverboat gamblers so <clears throat> you know you get into that okay we're doing the deal and then it's like well who's going to do the deal because you know this guy can't do it and and so it was like all incestual and like in like a cool way that like right. i don't know it's, it's the it cool is. kind of incest i get yeah. it mm-hmm. all right let's talk about your band let's talk about the line uh back <laughs> with sour to punker at the end of last year these songs were by and large finished just over a year ago i recorded live to tape yeah yeah we um we <clears throat> we basically like if you go i guess it was um would have been 20 i guess 2018 we had gotten together for like this volcom uh it was like a um it was like an internal party for a bunch of friends and family as we were closing down this one little like workshop we had and so i had we'd always joked about wanting to like get back together for some like you know last whatever just to celebrate old times and um it finally happened and it was fun we played like seven songs and that was like june 2018 and then um yeah the next day my buddy calls me and was like oh my god you guys played like will you, you know, will you come play this for us? Um, it's with Guttermouth and it's going to be blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whoa, man, like that was, I, I, how long do we have to play? He's like, oh, like an hour. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm like, how much money you got? Uh, and he's like, well, what do you want? And so I threw out like a number that I was like, there's no way he's going to say yes to this. Number. There's just fucking no way. This is like ridiculous. And um, yeah, and he said yes. So of course I was like, you know, in that moment, then I was like, okay, now we have to, you know, learn this hour said, but it was awesome. It was like, we, we fully just, it just, it was just like riding a bike, as they say, like sure. it turned on, we were loving it. We were having a great time. <clears throat> you don't have that feeling of like, this is, I have to do this because yeah. I have, this is my life. It's just like, Hey, this is really fun. But the, the clutcher, I think to the thing was that really happening is that my son who's now 21 was he was just he's you know he's a fucking good drummer and um i was very proud and also excited to be able to play music with him so it's yeah, how cool is that i mean really it's so cool it's so cool and the you know going after going through different drummers for so on um, every record um finally being able to do it with my son and and you know the the bass player who's who's playing bass is also my daughter's like really long time boyfriend. I mean, like going on like five over five years. And um, she was the one that was born when I was 20. And I left for tour the next day after she was born, like all these, like all these stories, like my son, you know, when he was born, I was like under the stage, bolting the stage together at the work tour in New Jersey. Cause we would set up the stage every day for the bulk of the stage and then play and then drive all that night and do it again. And like, so we were, you know, we were working hard, I guess at the time, but loved it. And um, so anyway, yeah, we, we put out an EP in, in 2018 called, um, or excuse me, it was, I guess it was a year later, 2019 called The Mass Debate. It was uh, uh, four songs that we just kind of were inspired to write after getting back together. But we were like, kind of like, okay, well, it's not a full album, it's an EP. We need to like do a full record with, this lineup to kind of break the curse. We got to keep going and, and just, you know, we we're just having fun, but, um, but yeah, we, we were, we we're doing a lot of shows. We were touring a bunch. We just finished a, a, a short stint with gutter mouth again, who Donald, I don't even know, but Donald, the other guitar player also played in gutter, was in gutter mouth for many, many years. And um, after we broke up the first time, 
So, um, so anyway, we have a lot of friends there and we were, yeah, we we're playing tons of shows and having a good time. And I think this year we had a lot of stuff lined up. Like we just got picked up by Landon at covert booking and we were like, had a pretty stacked schedule and we were like getting kind of stoked. And I'm like going, how do I juggle my, you know, my, my first priority of, of my, my day job. But, um, but anyway, with Sour to Punker, we, we obviously couldn't tour just like everybody else once everything happened last year. So we just started writing and, and trying to do things to keep us sane. And uh, we did one live stream that was really fun, but it really, you know, there's just not enough of those. So we just were in our little space, just recording and kind of in our little like bubble of my son, you know, lived with me at the time and the boyfriend was over all the time. And so really outside of us three, Donald was the, the only member that really wasn't kind of in our little bubble. So it was very kind of safe to do so. And yeah, we just were like, let's just do it. Cause it, at the time prior to COVID kind of really clutching the world, uh, Volcom had a studio that we would just have even, you know, recently where bands could just come in, record for free. They would keep the masters, they keep everything. And we would basically just ask them to let us use the music for licensing for our, for our content. Brilliant. So it a, yeah, it was a good deal for us and great for them. And, um, and so we were taking full advantage of that. The line was, and we were going in there as much as we could. Absolutely. And, you know, so that was great. And, and uh, but we finished the studio has, has unfortunately gone away. Uh, at least temporarily while we, you know, adjust our business like everybody. And um, so we, but, but actually, we actually, because of that, we went to the studio called Pot of Gold to finish the last track on Sour to Punker, uh, which is my favorite track. It, it's called Harmony, Do You Miss We? And um, it's a song that really, really, I mean, it was definitely inspired by what we were going through last year, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of how that one came out. And, and it's just a, it's, it's, it's a little bit different for us, but but um, but we went to that studio. Wait, wait, and- stop right. Let's keep talking about Harmony, Do We do you Miss We. Yeah. COVID-era composition. I love yeah. the line, hope is a four-letter word. I mean, yeah. let's talk about emblematic of the past <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 10 months. One of my favorite lines, for sure. I, yeah, that song kind of came out of, of sitting in my living room, not leaving my house, like a lot of musicians just playing and trying to find a, a escape from reality and being inspired by, you know, the idea that, you know, the, a lot of the lyrics in the song kind of go back to like the feeling that like, you know, what is, what is harmony in this world? Like, how do you feel that harmonious kind of energy in your life? And, and, uh, and when it's gone, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you handle yourself and what is, you know, what is the, the purpose of what we're going through as humans at this time? And, um, and I was just like looking at my kids, like literally every line in there is like, I'm scared for the kids. Like I'm like sitting in my living room, you know, it's, it's all very literal at, yeah. to me, but, um, but I always, I don't know, a lot of the songs, we, we, we definitely try to make them abstract, but enough so that I don't want it to be so obvious to somebody that it, it turns them off. You know, because I'm not going to tell you what to think of a, how a song affects you emotionally. Uh, that to me is the perfect transition into talking about Hawkeye, which is the first song on this. Uh, I like the lyrics here are kind of ambiguous. It could be about relationships. It could be about the state of the world. There's just enough of that gray that it you can relate to it no matter how you're coming, how you're coming into that yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. I mean, that song is 
that's actually one of the songs that that we had written um, kind of over time. Like the original version of that um, was being you know toyed with over the years, and and Donald really wrote a lot of that song. So I, I have to give him a, a lot of that credit. And but it's one of I mean, I think that sound and and you know because as much as we're a punk band and we come from that, we've always to the rec- the Oracle record we've we've always tried to be weird for weird sake almost bless and, you and i said that in the in the text i used to for the post tonight for the facebook mm-hmm. live i said the best thing about the line sound is it's their sound you can find hints of stuff you love and everything they do but the end result is uniquely theirs yeah i i can you know spot certain sounds or styles that i like but you've, you've carved your own your own niche yeah. you built yeah, your own thanks. sound yeah I, I appreciate that i mean that's a weird consciously going for and sometimes you lose your way as you get you know outside influences and different things but but that wreck the, the last ep is is two songs the the two last tracks uh strange modesty and, and modem those are actually really old songs strange modesty was on our, our very first demo um like what we actually like did to make before we made the first record and it was that was us being naive going yeah we can go in the studio and knock out an album no problem when you were um, literally kids yeah when we were literally kids so that uh that song we was was really kind of just a for us a a cool homage to our our old oldest fans and people that would appreciate that song and but um but yeah when when we did those recordings it's just all we just we were we're not going in tracking everything like we're going in and just playing and doing our best we of course are overdubbing vocals i mean let's let's be honest um, but as far as the music goes, it's very, um, it's very just live and, and what happened in that moment. And we really like that because all of our previous records were done more in the traditional, okay, you know, you do the drums and now you're going to layer, 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 layer. And, and that's a good process too, if, <clears throat> you know, depending on, on what you're going for, but, um, there's something about, you know, playing together. <laughs> there is. And I think one of the takeaways from last year is raw and immediate. I, I think people are, are more forgiving or welcoming of things that aren't super polished or super overthought. It just, it's all about the now, just make shit happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like a cultural shift too. I mean, if you <clears throat> social media or any of the, even from a marketing perspective, I mean, I think the, you know, the, the real tangible, not overproduced it's, it, it resonates. It's really I, cool. I, I, once I switched to doing this podcast every night, I thought, well, the, I don't have the I don't have the time to edit each interview, edit out each um awkward pause, whatever. It's just I'm doing this on Facebook Live, and when I'm done with Facebook Live, I'm putting it into the RSS feed, and I that's just that. that's just the world we're living in. And now I, I would never, I, I would I would never go back and change that. Yeah. I mean, just to go down this rabbit hole for one more second, I I used to spend so much time editing podcasts, and I realized there's no return on that. Like people don't give a shit. Like for all the painstaking you time, you take amplifying waveforms and extracting. So it doesn't matter. It totally. does, that's not, that's not what people take away from the experience. They, they take away what people are talking about. They, what Ryan Immigard says about recording sour to punk or being at Vulcan, whatever. Sorry. I digress. <laughs> no, man, that's a great point. Let's go back to Hawkeye talking about carving your own sound. This I, I this song is cool as shit. I, I shared it earlier today. I wanted people to hear it before this interview. It goes in a few different directions. And every time it kind of goes out one way or the other, it gets reeled back in. And it, what's neat about this, neat, every instrument has its own like starring moment 
in the song. The bass has its moment. The drums are just monstrous and the guitars are just there to keep everything moving forward. I, I think this is a, an epic sounding song. Thank you. Yeah, dude, that song is broken down in those particular kind of little buckets to really because we were we were trying to do something that we would enjoy, you know, at the end of the day, like we were like, let's take the guitar out here. Let's try something else here. Like we came back and did that the bridge part, you know, it's it, I sing on the bridge and it wasn't originally there. It was more of like a guitar lead. And um, it ended up becoming like a little bit like I actually played it for somebody before we put it out. And they were like, are you rapping? And I'm like, no, but that's cool. You think I am? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying something different for me. And uh, so it, it's a fun song. It's a fun song. We try to like do a lot of, of um, like Donald and I singing kind of back and forth, which is what we did a lot in our earlier records. But, but it, I don't think it was, um, I think it was a little more forced back then where like this feels like more natural to us right now. And, um, and we're getting our, you know, now we're having our, 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 our bass player now who um, is also a really good singer. And they, by the way, my son, Jonah and our bass player just put out a, uh, their own band. They're in a band called Citric File um, that we released on on our label because Donald and I bought all the masters back from the of the line from Volcom. Good. So That's we awesome. started our own label just for fun called uh, Image Art Records. Kind of a little you know play on on my last name. And uh, yeah, I'm stoked. They just put the record out on January first. It's 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 a it's a really cool record. It's not anything like the line and uh i'm i'm, I'm really happy for him so just kind of I, 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 I see the pride for people listening you can't see just the the big smile on, on ryan's face as he's talking about yeah. that i mean how can yeah. you not be be proud and excited about that i think that's, that's awesome uh, yeah. again the ep is sour to punker and you said it earlier there are no stakes attached like there were in the early aughts yeah. there, there's no pressure you're you're doing this for the love of the game now and it's fun and it's exciting I would imagine based on that onward with from, from here. Yes. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, works, I mean, gosh, we really want to play it live. We're excited absolutely. to get out and do more shows and, and just, and just really there is nothing but I guess excitement for sharing those more of those experiences now that we appreciate them more, you know, like oh, yeah. we, we played hundreds of oh, thousands of shows, um, over the years and in all over the world and you know it sucks like i can't remember a lot of them like i'll just be honest like i probably had too many beers probably didn't have enough sleep like you know you look back on it and you're like like donald has like a foot you know he'll be like oh yeah that was you know whatever chicago on friggin this date and i'm just like huh so i really am trying to soak it up and enjoy it and um especially with my son and, and my best friend and a lot of the you know, my, my family is all, you know, super supportive and it's, uh, my, my wife's there, you know, shooting pictures and stuff. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's really selfish for me. I'm like doing it for myself, but if people enjoy it even better. So that's it. That's it. Th yeah. That's the whole idea of creating great art. Do it because you love it. And hopefully people will get it and play along. Totally. Do it for yourself. Yeah. absolutely. Uh, back to Volcom. I'm, I'm assuming you know, as the band's really revving up with the EP and it does again, sound amazing. Um, it, is winter the busy time? I would, I would imagine um, for you guys. 
you know, we're, we're actually a very, we're lucky in the fact that we are like a, a, a year round brand as far as Vulcan, you know, yes, winter is, is intense and there's, <clears throat> cause we do a, a, a robust outerwear collection as well. So, you know, <clears throat> that hits in like fourth quarter basically and kind of, um, otherwise, you know, on top of our apparel collection. So yeah, it's very busy. It's busy because a lot of, you know, the, the, the fall, the holiday, the outerwear is landing, but we're also like, you know, we're mainly a wholesale driven business. So <clears throat> a lot of our, our, our work is also selling in the next, uh, the next year's seasons or, or, mm. um, you know, collections. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's insanely busy. Um, the last couple months were, were, uh, were taxing, but, um, <laughs> had a good break. And, uh, now we're, we're looking towards, you know, it's the 30 year anniversary for Volcom. It was founded in 91. And, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, literally I'm, I'm so grateful for, for being where I am at, at the brand. I'm, I've, I've gone from, you know, the team writer to now I'm one of the owners. Um, we, we, myself and, and the other partners, um, really like longer story for a different time, but long story short, we were, um, we were able to put a deal together when the former parent company was selling, uh, was selling the brand and um, we little more complicated getting into like all the details. There's some stuff online if you're really interested, but, um, but yeah, it's cool. Cause now um, to go through that journey and, and to now have real skin in the game yeah. and to still be working with a lot of the, you know, the people that I respect and, and, and have learned from and to be able to, you know, take that to this next, this next chapter has been, yeah, it's incredible. So I, I'm very, very, and I, I know I don't want to distract from the line in the new EP, uh, but if you are interested, if you're watching or listening, uh, sustainability, ethical company, just great stuff, Volcom, uh, great yeah, company. Support. All right. So th again, the new EP, Sour to Punker, we can stream it on Bandcamp. We can stream it anywhere. Um, yeah. And well worth a listen. I mean, it, it starts, like I said, with Hawkeye and just it keeps on going. It's awesome. Uh, Ryan Immigard, I appreciate you jumping on and doing this tonight. My pleasure, James. Anytime, let's do it again. And thank you for having me.